able to slow things down and sing praises to God while also remembering what it cost him, his son, Jesus Christ, to come and save us from our sins, that you and me and all mankind had this opportunity to have eternal life with him because of what he did, his sacrifice for us. Come on. That is just beautiful and sweet, right? Come on. And it wouldn't be possible, right, if it wasn't even have victory over death, and we'll be celebrating in a couple weeks. Hey, good morning to all you who are joining us online. Man, we love the fact that you were able to connect with us with the word of truth this morning. We pray that, uh, that God's word speaks to you in a way that you've never heard it before, in a way that opens up, you see what he's calling you to do in life. And good morning to all you who are new with us. <clears throat> right? Come on, church, give it up to our guests. Come on. Welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We are stoked that you are with us, and we hope that today, we hope and pray that today, this, some, today is nothing short of God awesome for you, right? Before you walk out those doors, that you experience the love of Jesus Christ in a real personal way, because that's what we desire for your life. 100% know how much he loves you, right, church? Amen. Come on. So I talked about victory, right? Victory, his resurrection. Hey, guess what's just over a month away? Come on, Easter. You guys, I tell you what, we need stronger coffee. Come on. So Easter, look at this. I want to point this out to you this morning. We're planning for Easter right here. Take a picture of this, write this down. This is our Easter weekend here at Vertical Church. Friday night, we have a Good Friday service at 7 p.m. And then Easter Sunday morning, we have three services scheduled, 8, 9.30, and 11. It's a little bit different than last year. We only had two. So 8, 9.30, and 11. Say it with me. 8, 9.30, and 11. Okay, ask me why. Because we have so many people. Not just in this building, but so many people that I'm asking you to reach and invite to become part of what we're going to do that Easter morning. Right next week, I think we're going to have an invite card for you to take, pray over, put in the hands of people that you know need to hear the message of hope, hear about the resurrection of Christ, put them in their hands and invite them to come with you and come be with them. If it's one service, great. If it's two services, great. If you need to be here three services because you invited so many people, we'll make room. All right? People need to hear Jesus. Right? And that means the church needs to be motivated to tell people about Jesus. So this is it. We're a month away and start praying over this. Who do I need to invite? Who's in my class at school? Who's at my workplace that needs to hear Jesus? Who is my neighbors? Whatever it needs to be, think about that. Pray over it. And when you get those invites, invite them come be with us. Because we are planning that weekend and it's going to be God awesome weekend. Glorify the King, but we're going to celebrate our socks off. I don't, know, I don't know what that means, but a couple weeks ago I said the cat's pajamas, and people in my small group were like, Rich, what's cat's pajamas? I'm like, I don't know. I just heard it when I was a kid, and I just use it. Anyways, <laughs> well, this morning we wrap up this series. Uh, we're ending this series that uh, I hope is very, very challenging to you about your identity in Jesus. And we're in this series called Greater Than, right? We live in a world that we constantly look at other people and think they're better than us. We want what they have. We want to live what they're living. And what's we greater than. And we also look down at them. 
And that we, we, I hope this series is challenging. It's like, this is who I am in Jesus. This is the life that he has given me. I don't need to look to the left. I don't need to look to the right and have and desire and toil for what they have. Because here's the, here's the truth, friends. God doesn't make mistakes. And he made you. Okay? So what does that tell us? You are not a mistake. Your life is not a mistake. Our God knows exactly what he's doing. The problem is, is our discontentment. Our problem is a perspective inside of us that we want some things to be different. And if you're here this morning and you haven't heard any of these conversations, I want to encourage you to head to our podcast. I don't know if you know if we have a podcast or not, but it's out there. Free to listen to, free to download. It's on all the major players, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I encourage you to go back and give a listen to this week because I think it will continue to set the stage for you what God's calling you out of and what he has for every single one of us in this room. Because here's the thing, at some point, or many points in our lives, we have looked at others around us and we have compared our lives to theirs, Right? We've looked up and said, like, we want all their er, we want to be better, we want to be thinner, we want to be richer, like all those people. Or we've looked down on them saying, I am better than them, right? And we have done this in our lives. And the bottom line as we walk through this entire series is this one phrase, there is no win comparison. When we choose to look up at other people and think that they are better than us, when we choose to look down at other people and think we are superior and over them, we realize we end up with nothing. There is no satisfaction, no serious accomplishment, no achievement or fulfillment in life. And this goes in all sorts of ways. We look up, we look down. And in reality, this end of the day is if we're looking up or look, we're down at people, we're toiling for their lives, or we think we're superior than they are. Here's it is. We have just wasted the life that's been given to us. We have been wasted, we've been wasting the life that's been given to us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste that life that Jesus has entrusted to me. Because I'm too busy looking like wanting to be other people, have what they have, do what they do. I don't want to waste that life. I don't want to waste my life looking down on people thinking, like, I'm better than you are. <laughs> Do you? No. All right, good. Because that's our conversation this morning. If you yes, I do, I'd say, there's the door. <laughs> Joking, I wouldn't kick you out. That's our conversation today. We're going to dig into this. Because as we walk through our final step of busting free from this comparison trap that the society and culture keeps on sucking us into, we'll see how... Uh, get out of our lives, how we can get the most out of our lives, what God has for us, the freedom, the contentment, the fulfillment, and most importantly, the joy of truly walking with Jesus. And now here's the thing, friends, it has everything to do with our perspective. So many times in life, you and I walk through life with the wrong perspective. When we have the wrong perspective in life, we end up at the wrong results in life, Amen. Right? We, we do this all the time. Having the right perspective is so easy to lose. We get so bombarded and so busy in life that it's so easy for us not to have the right perspective. Maybe, here's a little example, or maybe this is a, a little bit of reality for me this morning, is this. When we wear the same jeans three days in a row, right? You wear the same jeans three days in a row. When you pull them up, and they're a little bit baggy. 
you didn't lose weight. All right? You don't look at me like, yo, I must be doing something good. This is, this is fantastic. No, you just stretched your jeans out, okay? Am I the only one who's ever done that? Raise your hands. Don't leave me up here hanging. Praise Jesus that I'm not alone in that. Come on. No, all you did is stretch your jeans out. Your perspective was wrong. Go put a new pair of jeans in. Like, oh, shoot. Skipping breakfast this morning. Come on. Oh. I love having fun with you guys. Losing proper perspective in life can be very easy. And when it comes to comparing our lives, it can become very damaging. We need to have the right perspective. So today, we're going to dig into God's word, and we're going to make some adjustments. Are you with me on that? All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 14. 25, verse 14. If you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in, you will find it on page 677. 677. As you're getting there this morning, your Bibles or your Bible apps, I hope you have one of them with you today. We did, here's a reality. We're at church, so we're going to open up the Bible and have a conversation with this word every single Sunday. So either bring your Bible or open it up on your app. Whatever you have, we're going to talk with God, and he's going to have a talk with us. As you get into the scripture today, we're stepping in the middle of, of three parables that Jesus is sharing with his followers. Uh, parables are made-up stories that have a stories that Jesus is sharing that have a spiritual point. This morning, we're stepping into the middle of three parables. In the middle of, there's one, two, and three, and that he is communicating. And if you, if you, wait, if you get to this, and you, you walk through this morning, you're like, Rich, I really want to know more. I really want to read my Bible. Imagine that. Church, read your Bibles, right? Read your Bibles. Go back and read the entire chapter of 25, because what we're going to get into this morning is nestled right between two other amazing parables, what Jesus is trying to communicate with this. Because the first parable is Jesus says Jesus is coming back. It's a parable of the ten virgins and the lamp and the lamps and the oil. It's pretty amazing. Basically, he's saying, be ready. You need to be ready. You have no idea when Jesus is coming back. And if, you, if you're not ready, get ready because he is coming back. The second parable, which we're redigging in this morning, is what you have, what, you, what have you done with what you have? What have you, what have you done with what he has given you? And the third parable should shake us to our core that he will separate those truly who follow him and those who don't. He's called the sheep and the goats. So he says, I am coming back. What are you doing with what I've given you, life that I've entrusted you with? And by the way, when I come back, I'm going to separate the true followers of me and those who say they do, but they don't. Woo! Bring it, Jesus. Read your Bibles. Go back into that and dig into that this afternoon. Today, we're stepping into the parable, what is called the ten bags of gold, or in some translations, it's called the parable of the talents. Now, a talent is not something you can do. Like, look, Rich has got a talent. He can jug. I can't juggle. I just threw that out there, right? It's not a talent like that. Talent is a first century currency. And scholars believe that it's worth somewhere between 15 and 20 years of wages is one talent. And a talent could be made of gold or silver. It could be made of anything. It's just the amount that you have. And when, I, when we dig into this this morning, when I was pr praying and studying through this, I think it's absolutely crazy when Jesus talks about money, he always talks about a ridiculous amounts of money. 
Because you think about this, 20 years of wages. Poof, retired. Come on, that's a lot of money. So Jesus is talking about that. But what we'll dig in and see this morning, Jesus isn't necessarily talking about money. More than what, it's more than what we have and what we do with what we have. The money's not the object. It's what we do with what we've been given. So let's get into this this morning and read some of this together. Uh, we're going to read 14 through 30. He says, again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold at once went at once and put his money to work and gathered, gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man that had received one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Stop right there. In other words, he said, I have entrusted you with some stuff. Now I'm going to go find out what you did with the stuff that I entrusted you. That's what Jesus is going to. Let's see what happens. <clears throat> Verse 20 says, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. The master said, master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then a man who received one bag of gold, and he said, Master, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your, hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I was harvest where I did not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit at the bankers. So when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Let's stop right there. Let's give a little recap. Two guys took what Jesus gave them, invested it, and came back with a great return. One guy took what Jesus gave him and did nothing, and he ended up with nothing. So here's what I'm seeing, friends. As we look through this, here's your first point this morning. We're walking through this. It's not what you have. It's what you do with what you have. Perspective change, right? It's not what you have. It's what you do with what you have. It's not what you have, what you do, what you have. When it comes to the great ur or the world, the land of er, er in our lives, we wanting what they have, being who they are, doing what they need to do, what they're doing, we need to realize. It's not what we're missing. So often we walk through life saying, oh, I want some of that, I miss some of that, I need to have some of that. It's not what we're missing. It's what we do, what we've been given. That's what God is looking for. Here is where our perspective needs to change. 
Here's where we need to go put on a different pair of jeans. Come on. Because this is what we do. We're all guilty of this. We look around at people all around us, and we want to grab a hold of their highlight reel of life. We see what they have, we do what they're doing, and looks at all this kind of stuff, and we're like, okay, that's what it means to live a life that's truly life based on what you're seeing, and what you're longing for, what you're envying for. And if I'm being honest, social media, man, come on, it makes it so much easier for us to do this. It brings everyone's highlight reel right in front of us in life. And it makes us feel so much worse of where we truly are about the lives that we've been given. We see people on vacation and think, I wish I'd go on vacation. I have to work all the time. We see people with new vehicles like, man, I really would love to have a new car. I got duct tape holding up my bumper. Right? Come on. We see people with those fashion poses with this it clothing, the new trends. Not this guy, but they're out there, right? Right? They're, we see them, we're like, I wish I had that style where I could wear, I could pull those clothes off, where I could afford those things. We see that we all this all the time. We see people posting pictures of their weight loss. I'm like, I wish I was thinner. We see new businesses. People start new businesses around, like, I've always wanted to start my new business. Why can't I get out there and start my I need to start my new business? Right? So we feel that way. We see pictures of people with their perfect kids, and we think, liars. <laughs> oh, shoot. No. What we do is we think, my, I wish my kids would act like that. I wish my kids would play sports like that. We walk in the land of Ur. Are you following me on this? Good. Because this is exactly what happens next. We take those highlight reels of lives of others and bring them in and create this perfect life that we think and toil and desire to have. This, we think this is what's really it. This is what life is really going on. And here's the reality of this. Here's the truth, friends. This life, the life that we're grabbing hold of, life we're, we're toiling for, this perfect life does not exist. This life that you feel like you're missing out on, that you're toiling for, striving, working extra hours, missing your kids, not being home with your wife, going in debt, buying all these things because you need to have all this stuff, it doesn't exist. There is no life like this. There has never been a life like this. King Solomon, we started this series out with talking about him, the wisest, one of the wisest. He had everything, all they could ever want. He tells us it's like chasing after the wind. It leads you to nothing. Friends, there's no such thing as a perfect life. And this may shock you, but Jesus didn't even have a perfect life. Jesus didn't have a perfect life. He lived a perfect life. He was sinless, but he sure didn't have a perfect life. His own family ridiculed him. His own people rejected him. He was beaten, spit on, whipped, nailed to the cross for our sin, and for a crime he never committed, took on the punishment that he did not deserve. I would classify that as not a perfect life. Amen? 
So let's change our perspective. If we understand the perfect life is not out there, stop looking around for it, comparing what we have to other people. Simply embrace what we've been given. Friends, Jesus is saying what you have is not nearly as important as what you do with what you have. You have your own life given to you by God for a purpose. Stop looking and toiling and wanting what everybody else has. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and say, I've got mine. Tell the person on the other side, I've got mine. Say it with me. I've got mine. Again. You have your own life. God doesn't make mistakes. So embrace what he has given you and live it out for his glory. Because this is where the heart change needs to happen. This is where our perspective change needs to happen. Look at this. Look back at verse 20. See how he responded to the master. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. And he says, Master, he said, you entrusted me. You've entrusted me with five bags. See, I have gained five more. Drop down to verse 22. He says, the man with two bags came. He said, Master, you have entrusted me. Look at verse 24. The man received one bag. He said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man. Do you see the perspective difference? Do you see the attitudes and the heart difference with these two, three different men? Two said, you've entrusted me with this. You've entrusted me with this. It means I know it doesn't belong to me, but you've given it to me, and I'm going to do the best for it and best with it. The other guy's like, hey, you really didn't give me much. And you do all these things that I'm not sure if I agree with, so I just did this. Do you see the difference? So where's your heart? Where's your heart with what you have been entrusted with? Do you look at your life and say, God, this is what you entrusted me with? Or do you look at life and say, man, this is all you've given me. I want more. I want what they have. And when we complain and compare our lives to others, we are just wasting the opportunity to do something awesome that God has given us, that he has entrusted us with, and that is our lives. It's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. It doesn't make a difference if you have five bags of gold, two bags of gold, or one. Every single one of us is going to stand before God to give an account for our lives. And I, for one, and I believe that you would be with me, we want to come before Jesus and say, God, this is what you have entrusted with me, and this is what I have done for you, and I will glorify you in it and through it. My health, my wealth, my possessions, 
my children, my work, my salvation, my everything. I have taken everything you've given me, everything you've entrusted with me. I'm no longer looking to left and right thinking, man, I, just, I deserve all this other more stuff. I'm going to take what you've given me. I'm going to use it for you, for your glory, because I have got mine. I don't need anybody else's life. I trust what you have given me to use it for your glory. You know what's best. I don't. And when we do this, man, it becomes so freeing in life. No longer desiring to look like, be like, have like everyone else. But taking your I've got mining and living it to the fullest, the best possible life. That we walk through life with less stress, less anxiety, less worry, less toil, less emptiness, less all of that junk and more peace, more joy, more fulfillment, more smiles, more laughter, right? Come on, more whole bunch of what God has for every single one of us. Be uniquely you and no one else. That's how God's called you to be. Nothing more, nothing less. Live the life that he has given you to the fullest. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. I've entrusted you with this. What are you going to do? And the question I have for you this morning, what are you going to do with God has entrusted you with? What are you going to do with what God has entrusted you with? You have a choice. You have a decision. Every single one of us in this room are going to walk out those doors and we're going to be tempted to go back where we, way we walked in. We're going to be tempted to walk out those doors and go down the road and start toying and looking and envying what other people have. Pick up the same way of life as we walked in. We'll be tempted to do that. We'll look to the left. We'll look to the right. We'll be wanting and toiling, thinking, okay, we don't have that. We need to have that. If only, if only, I wish I had. I wish I had the opportunity. I wish I had the money. I wish I looked like that. I wish I drove like I had that and drive. I wish, I wish, I wish. And if, 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 if. You will be tempted. I will be tempted. To take the gift that God has given us, this thing called life. And cast it aside and say, it's not enough. I want to be like This is when we stop and we say, I've got mine. So when you go down the road and you look and you want to start envying, I've got mine. I've got mine. When we're at school, I've got mine. When we're at work, I've got mine. We're in a meeting, I've got mine. There is no win in comparison. I have the life that God has chosen to give me and trusted me to live. And when that becomes our mindset, when that becomes our heart, when our perspective is changed, All we can do is thank him and praise him. No more whining and complaining. 
Philippians 4, 19 tells us, it says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Church, do you believe that? That your God will meet your every needs in Christ Jesus. If we don't have it, we must not need it. If we don't have it, we must not need it yet. Because God will bless us proportionally to our purpose. He can use you if you're here with what you have. He can use you if you're over here and what you have. He can use you right here with what you have. You would have to make a decision if you're going to let him do it. It doesn't make a difference if you've got millions of dollars or five dollars. God can use you. It doesn't make a difference if you drive, get driven around a limo or you got a punch bug. Sorry for those who have punch bugs. They're pretty neat cars. God can use you. Our perspective needs to change. Our heart needs to change. Friends, you're getting bombarded left and right all over the place with the culture and society telling you you're not enough, you don't have enough, and you don't get to the point unless you have all these things. That is junk. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus. We just need to choose to believe it, and we need to choose to live it. And I, for one, I really, really pray that I hear when I become front of my king, well done, good and faithful servant. How about you? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word. God, thank you for calling us out this morning. <laughs> your word is so sometimes so raw and real. But it's what we need to hear. God, help us push us greater than society aside. Let's not buy into the lie. But let's believe and live in the truth of your word that we're uniquely created in your image on purpose for a purpose. You have placed us where we are on purpose for a purpose. Let us not toil and envy what other people have, but let us embrace what you have given us and live it out 100% for your glory. Let us live a life before the people in front of us in this world. Say, wow, why? And we can say, because of Jesus, he changes everything. Let us no longer toil. Let us no longer desire and envy. But let us be thankful and grateful and humble and I choose to live for you with all the areas of our lives 
Right now, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come forward. And maybe this hit you this morning. You realize that you've been watching the highlight reels of other people's lives and you want and you toil and you envy. Come, let us pray over you. Let us pray with you. Walk through this. I don't know, maybe there's other things in your life that the word revealed to you this morning, the word of truth. It's alive and active, friends. Come. After service, I say amen. Come forward and be prayed over and prayed with. And here's the truth. If you're in this room and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, you are missing out from the best life. Everything I shared this morning about living and living with contentment and peace and joy is missing because you need everything starts with Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, come forward after service. Talk to our prayer team. Find one of our elders. Find one of the leaders. Come talk to me. Come find Pastor Dre. But don't walk out here missing the key component to a life change, and that's Jesus Christ. Father, we give you all the glory. We humbly come before you, and we love you. We worship you. We serve you with